coming up tonight on Max Wrestling. Damage control do a lot more damage and gain a lot more control. A final look at this Saturday's Full Gear. Who is the mystery signing for AEW? And Michael Larkin has a message for beer. It's the go-home show. It's Thursday. You know what that means. This is your captain speaking. He is El Jefe Moses Marquez. Welcome to Max Wrestling episode 454. We are one week away from promo series 8. Chaos Theory, it's our final Thursday special event of the year. And just like WWE, seemingly with Survivor Series, we're going out with a bang. Right. Also, apologies, we predicted Full Gear a whole week early. <laughs> that is our mistake. We got excited. That's how it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, we'll, we'll blame it on me. We'll just say it's my fault. Okay, we'll blame it on the Americans. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to doing that because I've recorded some shows, but okay, get back to the fun. This said, but. But before we get into any of this week's mayhem, make sure to follow all this fun stuff right here on Max Wrestling's YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Max Wrestling. And follow us on SoundCloud and, and Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast and wherever you get a chance. Go check out the beautifully done website, maxwrestlingnet.weebly.com. All right. So let's jump straight into the Max Wrestling Facebook group and see what's been making conversations this week. If you're not part of the group yet, we're not hard to find. It's literally Max Wrestling on Facebook groups. Come and join in. Just stop yes. posting porn. Yeah, stop doing that. And but I mean, everybody else, dude, keep it coming. Tyler's posting good. Trav's all over it all day long. There's been a lot of stuff coming up on my on my feed from Max that has just garnered attention. So yeah. Good job. We've also banned a few people, too. We don't, we don't want to see ads for sandals, either. Yeah, come on, bro. <laughs> I don't... I don't want to buy your sandals. I don't want to buy your sandals. We don't need your 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 pornography. We're here to have some fun talking the wrestling, the grappling, not the adult grappling, and the adult wrestling. No spam, just wrestling, please and thank you. Yes, sir. Um, all right, then. So let's kick it off um, with Mickey James. This posted by Chris has been removed from the TNA Impact roster. Um, Rumors circulating she could be returning to WWE once again. Like I said to Beer, she flip-flops between those two damn companies like a basketball on cocaine. But it's funny. I mean, didn't she get the whole damn, damn trash bag treatment and she wants to turn around and go back? But then again, hubby's there. Yeah, um, we should have yeah, seen I mean, this coming because Nick Aldis is there now. And last week she said something about WWE should be every wrestler's end game. Uh, okay. Sure. <laughs> Can you tell that she wants a job real bad? Yeah. <laughs> well, my husband works there now, and I mean, I left on good terms last time, so I'll talk him up. Um, but I mean, sure. yeah, whatever. Um, she, she's pretty much a veteran of TNA and WWE, so yeah. If anything, I'd say she did more in in TNA. She, I want to say she got. She is known mainly for her uh, her feud against Trish in mm. WWE, but she's known for a heck of a lot more in TNA. Yeah, hardcore country. Damn right. Um, I mean, so I've seen rumors that she's either gonna be like coming back as a wrestler or as a GM of the women's division. I didn't even know that was a thing that was needed. I mean, Nick Aldis as a GM is fun right now. Okay? Yeah. It's fun right now. 
if you oversaturate the GM idea, it's going to get bad fast. And nobody's going to, and it, it just, don't do it. Just don't do it. Like, it, it just have her come back as a wrestler. That's it. And then worst case scenario, she'll be a coach. That's it. Or, don't. Even her hubby's assistant. There we go. The, I would much rather that than a whole new role just for the women. Yeah, we, we've never just, had a GM just for women. Never. Not in WWE anyway. Well, then what's the point of having the GM of Raw or the GM of SmackDown? I don't think there's enough women on both Raw and SmackDown combined to warrant a GM of the division. No. I don't think so. Surely Nick and Adam Pearce can handle it. They got like 10 women each. Come on, now the NWA lineage runs deep between the two of them. They got it. <laughs> they got it. Um, so that's one. Um, love this one. Logan Paul's antics. With the US Bro. title have been killing me And what's been killing me even more is people Believing that he's being serious Like he took Bro. it to a pawn shop Tried to sell it for a hundred grand if I'm absolutely Dude Logan Paul Logan Paul is the modern day Andy Kaufman But guess what ladies and gentlemen He actually beat that fucking wrestler It was better than that wrestler He's so awesome right now He's so awesome like, I, I remember talking to him shit about the kid when he first wanted to come in. He just wanted this. He just wanted that. But immediately, he garnered immediate respect for a guy yeah. never been in this game, doing what he was able to do just from the start against the Miz even. was great. And then it got better. And then it got better. And then it the, the thing with him and Seth blew him the fuck up. And now this... The, I seen the whole video where he's all like, I fucking this thing. And I'm just like, the problem is, is a, a man that visualizes everything he th or thinks, you know, visually. I tried to imagine like, you know, does that thing that's got to get in the way. You know what I mean? You're yeah. going to get like a little chafing, you know, he probably threw it over his shoulder. Maybe he went Undertaker style, put it around his neck. I don't know. <laughs> all I know is, is the second he started going on his whole rants and tyrants show to every day, my fucking prayer going like this. And it's fantastic because it's for the brand. Because now, guess what? Now, this douchebag that, yeah, is main for the kids is doing adult douchebaggery. And he's going to garner great attention from the adults. It, he, he's uh, pissing some of the adults off because they think he's being genuine. Um, oh, also, God. like the main, the mainstream, the casuals who know who Logan Paul is but don't really watch wrestling. They see all these headlines now that he's retired from boxing. He's going to be a full-time wrestler. And they find it funny. And we're like, no, but he's actually good. He's good, though. <laughs> he's really it's good. Like, he's annoyingly good. That's and Thank you. you. You put it. You could not have. I could not have said it better. He is annoyingly good. You come from a, a world well outside of the realm of professional wrestling. Your ridiculous athleticism garnered you attention from the start and then guess what they let you they let you shine charismatically and well we saw how that worked on youtube yeah. so i i hate how much i've come to respect logan paul but he's fucking great in the ring he's when you natural. love to hate a man but it's the truth it's the friggin' truth we went from shitting all over this guy to like he's He's bringing back kayfabe. Oh, yeah. It's it's glorious. I mean, that's what 
one of the best things about it. Like he's not just a celebrity who jumped on the wrestling train. He he he's a wrestling fan. He, he comes a wrestling a, fan. comes in as a wrestling fan. Oh my god, this is so great! I love it. I love it. It makes me want. It makes me want this more. It's. Um, I had this conversation with the TSK, and it ended up mainly just being Rob and Harold because they they were the only ones that knew what I was talking about. Oh, and and Ty. Um, the 49ers tight end, um, uh, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on his freaking name right now. And this is ridiculous. Emir's going to kill me. Um, <laughs> anyway, he's a gigantic wrestling fan. And I've always thought to the point because, you, again, being the WCW guy, Kevin Green literally left the NFL. Uh, George Kittle. Yeah. That's who I'm thinking of. Uh, and Kevin Green literally left the NFL after having set a sack record did professional wrestling, went back, set another record, and then retired a Hall of Famer. I I just, I have this inkling feeling that WWE is going to do that with a lot more of these celebrities that like wrestling. If we could get you in here and train you, imagine what we could do. And all this started with Pat. Remember, let's, let's remember something for a second. Pat set the bar, and everybody's been trying to meet, meet it or beat it. And Logan's beating it. He's beating the shit out of it. Yeah. Okay? And now, again, he's got me thinking, and I'm sure I'm not the only one thinking of, who else can come in and do the grapples? Who else wants to come in and attempt to be a wrestler? Whether they're just charismatic as shit or athletically in, uh, inclined, who wants to come in? The freaking I mean, doors gigantically open. Another crazy thing is I think Logan Paul's already outdone Ronda Rousey. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> oh dude, she he is he is the best non-wrestler to come into wrestling, I think, ever. Yeah. Well like, I mean if we go back to twenty sixteen and somebody says, Who do you think is gonna transition to wrestling better? Ronda Rousey or Logan Paul? <laughs> is this a joke? Obviously Ronda it's a Rousey. Joke. That's right, yeah. <laughs> You're spitting in my face, pal. <laughs> oh, how wrong we'd be. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, people can talk shit all they want. I'm enjoying Logan Paul uh, and his uh, running yeah. WWE. I, I'm glad he's becoming a full-time performer. Yeah, dude, thanks for opening our eyes, and sorry for the shit talk. We <laughs> ate our own words. But, but he did go body searching in a forest, but that's in the past. Well, Yeah, bro, you're never going to live that one down. <laughs> Um, so another one from Chris Actually he tagged you in this one for the history segment Um, He found a video on YouTube That talked about the oldest champions In wrestling history Uh, Ric Flair being the oldest tag team Champion at 57 Along with Rowdy Roddy Piper In 2006 Sting winning the TNA world title at 51 Goldberg uh, Universal champion at 53 And he asks who would you consider to be the greatest, oldest champion of all time? And I got to go with Sting. Like, oh. in, in 2006, Flair wasn't the same Ric Flair, obviously, from the 80s. No. But he was okay. But, I mean, Sting, Sting again, still isn't the same wrestler he was in the 80s. But in 2006, Sting was still at the top of his game, I think. Ric Flair wasn't the same Ric Flair coming into WWF as he was in WCW, period. Regardless of the 80s, 90s, 2000s, <laughs> he just, that was not the same Ric Flair. It just wasn't. Um, this old man 
was crazy as shit, would gig at everything, and I mean every fucking thing. Or maybe he just bled that easy. I can't tell. You know what I mean? You really couldn't tell back then. That's for fucking sure. But I mean, it, it, you know me. I want to go with I want to go with the Nate. But in all honesty, when I look back at it, and and in, and I'm I'm having to do so because again, I I've, I've talked about you know ignoring TNA's run and all missing according uh, according to you guys all the good stuff. Mm. I've slowly tried to go back. And holy shit, like, talk about, I mean, Sting was, talk about, re, first off, talk about reinventing yourself, you know what I mean? Sting completely, I think three times reinvented himself, <laughs> three, four times, and I'm like, what the fuck? He comes in, and it's, you know, it's Sting, it's, you know, it's fucking WCW Sting, it's the same exact fucking dude, and then there was main event Mafia Sting. And then there was, you know, back to regular Sting, but he's a little bit more loosey-goosey, not so scary Sting. A little more regular, right in the middle. And then there's fucking Joker, crazy-ass, hilarious, whatever the hell, where he's quite literally losing his mind. And unfortunately, Ric Flair never really changed to that dynamic. So, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you and say Sting, especially during that TNA run. Because, again, yeah. he was a whole different breed of cat and on a whole different level than even he was in WCW, where he was a goddamn main star. Yeah, uh, and he had that run in his 50s. Like, at the top of TNA, <laughs> running main event mafia, running around with, like, crows trying to scare Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Oh, God, the Hogan scares. <laughs> he wanted to make up for all the bad warrior shit back in the day. Oh, speaking of Warrior, that's the very next topic. Um, Travis posted this, and then uh, Gunther appeared on the bump, pretty much trashing Ultimate Warrior, saying um, Warrior's run as IT champ was the real Dark Ages, and said he wasn't an athlete or a professional wrestler. Warrior was nothing but a showman. Um, I mean, it Warrior wasn't the best. He was a, a showman. A thousand percent showman. That's WWE's mantra. That's yeah, exactly. That was gonna, I was going to be the same old thing. I was like, we're talking about late eighties, early nineties W or eighties and nineties WWF characters. Yeah, not about the wrestler, not about. And I understand where Guther comes, where you know where uh, yeah, Guther's coming from. I get it. Yeah, you know I'm saying he came from the depths of Austria and fucking worked his way up. Through the fucking goddamn American Indies to get popular, to get to where he's at. Warrior got jacked and showed up in WCW, teamed with fucking Sting. And before you know it, Vince saw him and, well, we know the rest of rock and roll history. Yeah. But, but he, he's not wrong. He's a thousand percent a showman. He has no true athletic ability. He was, he did strong moves. He was I wouldn't up say it was. Yeah, it's a big jacked up dude. I wouldn't say it was the Dark Ages. Goddamn. No, I, mean. I wouldn't say it was Dark Ages. I mean, he took that IC title to the main events of WrestleMania with Hulk Hogan. Thank you. Um, it, the real Dark Ages of the IC title are like a couple of years ago when it wasn't being defended ever. It, it was. It, I think it went like almost a whole year without being on a pay per view. Yeah, they would go months at a time without even being on a television show. And. 2002 to like mid 2003 it wasn't even active they had to do a battle royal to crown a new IC champion 
right? So yeah, it's there's been worse times. Yeah. I mean, we could just say Warriors run with shit. But no, it gave us a that. classic match with Hogan. Um, and talking about showmen, we I mean we we've talked about Hogan being a better wrestler than he was actually portrayed as in WWE. But in mm. WWE, he showed limited ability. It was body slams and leg drops. Double and he was like at the top of the WWE for like five, six years. And a punch or two. But yeah, no, <laughs> fucking the bare minimum, baby. The bare minimum. That's the 80s for you. Mm. <laughs> um, I mean, Boy. Tyler jumped on this too. Um, Tyler Green, Bill Goldberg versus Ultimate Warrior and the winner gets the label talent. <laughs> However, Gunfer is... A horrible, non-entertaining act, in my opinion. Needs Wait. that dome piece rocked for speaking on legends. If you're not in the Hall of Fame, beside them, you don't deserve to throw dirt on the name. Um, yes, so Tyler, Tyler came after Gunther. Tyler came after Gunther told him <laughs> to sit down. Um, I mean, I get it. I, 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 I do. I, I could see where he's coming from. I get it, you know, Hall of Famer, the whole raw, blah, 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 blah. But we've even said before, there's a lot of Hall of Famers that have done fuck all and yeah. are there because. So. And I don't, I don't want to talk shit about them, but why is Coco be wearing a Hall of Fame? He was just, he was just over. He, that's all. He was just over. He, he, the only, literally, all I know about Coco Beware is he brought a bird to the ring. So hold and on. And his name so, was Frankie. So if he, so if he's in the Hall of Fame for just getting over, uh, I swear, there's, tell me there's got to be... Is Steve Blackman in the Hall of Fame? They put him in the Hall of Fame yet? Oh, Steve Blackman, no. So then where the fuck Steve Blackman? He was over like a motherfucker. He could have been even more over, and he was like... He only ever wrestled for the hardcore title, and he was over as a motherfucker. That, and that was the thing that made me so mad. Oh. He, he could have been much bigger, but that, that tells you a lot about... The late 90s, early 2000s, that somebody like Steve Blackman, so low down on the card, mm. could be like a fan favorite. I, dude, people loved that guy. Are you kidding me? How, oh, and his <sighs> feud of Shamrock? Oh my God, dude. And then he was the first guy to get in there with, with Shamrock in that friggin' cage. Oh, the Lion's Den, yeah. And the I Lion's love Den, yeah. Shame at Man blamed Steve Blackman. For running over Stone Cold because he had video oh. evidence of Blackman backing over Ken Shamrock. Because <laughs> he that some good things me. about the nineties. <laughs> good things. Um, and finally, we'll end it on Tony Khan's, and I'm I'm surprised he didn't announce he was going to make this announcement. Um, right. <laughs> posted on X this time. AEW has agreed to terms with one of the world's best-known wrestlers, a pro who is known and respected by virtually every AEW fan. They'll come to LA to sign their contract this Saturday. Now, immediately reading that, I think a lot of people thought Will Ospreay, but he can't sign anywhere until January. Um, and looking at the way he's phrased it, um, they'll come to LA, so he's not saying if it's a male or a female. He's just saying it's one of the world's best wrestlers, a pro who's well-known. My immediate thought is Mercedes Monet. Yeah, I'm right there with you. There's, I mean, we've been waiting for this signing for a long time. Um, we've seen her. She was one of the world's biggest wrestlers coming in. But that's the thing. That she's, she's 
probably I think of all the other weird indie names. You know, I know Timothy Thatcher, but he's in uh, not DDT. He's in uh, all Japan. So I don't think he would leave there to come here. Uh, so it goes right back to Mercedes Monet. I just who else could it really be? It's not going to be the Grizzled Young Vets. I know that. No. Um, I mean, he says Will's best wrestlers. You, some would say Dolph Ziggler, but I think without Ugh. being disrespectful, he's kind of past his prime. Uh, whereas Mercedes, I think, is still pretty much there. Um, she conquered Japan. Mm-hmm. This is true. Um, Matt Riddle, for those who are thinking maybe Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle still can't sign with anybody until like February, I think. Yeah, the same with Dolph Ziggler. Anybody from that group of releases can't sign anywhere until February. Um, mm. uh, MJF replied, flip fucking Gordon. And then, like, literally an hour later, <laughs> Flip Gordon announced he signed with CMLL. <laughs> yep. Oh, God, I laughed so hard at that. I was just like, no, not Flip. No, I'm just kidding. I love and, Flip, but uh, maybe not. And B was like, who the fuck is Flip Gordon? Never heard of him. Yeah, you need to check out his ROH stuff. Check out his ROH. Look, he, he, he got caught in the crossfire when everybody was talking shit about something and you just you got the heat and then he went away for a little while. And now yeah. the heat's died down. He's back. Hell, look at fucking talking to heat. Look at Marty Skrull coming back. He's even wrestling in Mexico and AAA. I mean, as far as I know, he didn't sign with AAA. Maybe he's getting signed by fucking AEW. That's a, uh, that is a curveball, mind you. That is a curveball. And I don't know exactly how it would be recepted yeah. by some of these snowflake fans. That's a, that'd be a risky. Same with uh, Velveteen Dream. There was rumors he was backstage at NXT a couple of weeks ago, mm. or Performance Center, and he, uh, I think he denied it, but he didn't show up anyway. Um, I, I can't think of anybody else who's a like a free agent worthy of this hype. Yeah. So again, it goes right back to Mercedes Monet because I there's no like really there's nobody else. And the There's fact that he says respected by virtually every AEW fan means it's somebody very well known who has possibly already appeared in AEW. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you could count Mercedes. She she was in the crowd at All In. I'm trying to think. Was there any, have there been any outside wrestlers coming in to wrestle for the AEW that aren't? Manira Suzuki. <laughs> I, don't, I think he's still Sign the murder, right? Grandpa. Sign I mean, you already signed Ric Flair. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, no. Crazy Grandpa versus Murder Grandpa. Please don't. Please yeah, don't, don't. Don't, actually, don't actually do it, Tony. That was a joke. Um, God, I'm, I'm glad that it got refuted that he was trying to sign Eva Marie, too. Um, oh, like he, even Jesus. Even t- if, if you come from WWE and Tony Khan is not trying to sign you, that says something. Right, that that says that's speaking volumes. Oh my goodness! I mean, Greg. he even gave Cameron uh, a role. So right, that he that tells me a lot shot. about Eva Marie. She's just not where the money's at by and no right means. I mean, uh, oh, that guy's never getting a job in wrestling. Okay, stop it, stop no. it right now. You're not getting a job and in wrestling. The best you're gonna do is you're gonna be uh, 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 fucking goddamn uh, what's his name, fucking. Uh, Vince Russo on a goddamn podcast, hoping to get paid yeah. doing that. And he's got a thing lately of just running down Punk every opportunity he gets, every rumor oh. that comes up. Um, and he said Punk's desperate, WWE's desperate. But you know what? Nobody's desperate enough to sign Ryback. Nope. Nobody is desperate. Nobody. 
Not a single person. Oh my God. Oh Lord have mercy. All right. Well, now that we've uh, we've told Ryback that he can't get a job anywhere but a place that he's flipping burgers at. Let's fun. Let's jump into some recapping of the shows, and it's kicking off with some impact in three, two, one. Tasha Steeles defeated Diana Perrazzo in the opening match with a pair of cutters. Kenny King and Sheldon Jean interrupted Santino's conversation with ABC backstage as they apparently won a shot at the tag team gold. Crazy Steve defeated digital media champion Tommy Dreamer by DQ after Dreamer loses it and attacks Steve with a fork and continues to do so after the bell until Steve rolls away laughing. Brian Myers defeated Joe Hendry with a roster cut. Backstage, Will Ospreay announced his match with Josh Alexander next week. Eric Young defeated Eddie Edwards with a pile driver after Alicia accidentally hits her husband with a kendall stick. Gia welcomes Sonny Kiss to Impact, disappointed at not winning the gauntlet to gain a shot at the Knockouts Championship. Trinity interrupts with a hug and says she'll talk to management about getting a match with Sonny Kiss next week. Dirty Dango and Oleg Prudius defeated Nick Diamond and Storm Grayson. Jordan Grace cut a promo on her Call Your Shot victory and offered Bully Ray a handshake before Kylan King interrupted. King and Bully exchanged words before Steve Macklin interrupted and calls Bully soft. The Rascals introduced Myron Reed to Impact. Myron says they're back together next week. And next week we have ABC versus King and Jean. The Rascals in trios lucha action. Moose versus Heath. Kiss versus Trinity. Kylan King and Macklin versus Bully Ray and Jordan Grace. And Will Ospreay versus Josh Alexander. In the main event, Alex Shelley defeated Jonathan Gresham with a shell shock to retain the Impact World Championship. Now over to Moses for the Rampage Report. Alright, 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 let's jump into the Rampage Report. Ricky Starks kicks off the show with a win over Preston Vance. And after the match, Ricky and Big Bill go on the attack on Preston Vance. But it's Roosh that comes in to make the save. Backstage, Chris Jericho talks with Renee about his match with Takesta at DDT on Sunday. Followed immediately by Don Callis and Prince Nana with Lexi Nair. Callis announces that he has rented Brian Cage for the upcoming street fight on Dynamite. Lexi then teleports to an interview planet... Jarrett, because, you know, there's so many of them, they might as well be on a goddamn planet. Jarrett and Jay Lethal vow for Lethal to defeat Eddie Kingston at some point in the future to win the Ring of Honor world title. They are then interrupted by Ortiz, who picks a fight and then gets beat down because there's like one guy. As Ruby Soho receives flowers mid-match, Red Velvet then picks up the win. That's probably the only win she's going to get anytime soon. After Roderick Strong dedicated the match to his best friend, <laughs> the kingdom squash a couple of nerds. Strong then makes a miraculous recovery, hopping out of his chair and attacking these poor blokes before then crawling back to his chair in pure agony. Man, oh man, is he is he a tough son of a gun. Backstage, Soraya and Matt Menard have a big problem with Ruby and Angelo flirting. Let him flirt. Let him get it in. I'm just kidding. 
Also backstage, Action Andretti and Darius Martin are interrupted by the Kingdom Celebration interview, leading to Strong naming Darius his first victim. And in the main event, we saw FTR defeat Commander in El, H- El Gio del Vikingo before the House of Black appear to make a, a statement out of the shadows. Fun rampage, fun rampage. Now, let's stop messing around. Let's get into some smacking. It's time for the cap to recap the smack. Kevin Owens fills in for Corey Graves on commentary this week as the LWO hit the ring as Rey Mysterio talks about Logan Paul cheating to beat him at Crown Jewel. They're quickly interrupted by Carlito who points the finger at Santos for leaving the brass nuts on the apron. Lashley then defeated Carlito with a spear as the Street Profits attack after the bell while Santos stands and watches. Finally, Rey Mysterio runs down with a chair and argues with Santos Escobar. As Ray tends to Carlito, Santos turns and attacks until Zelina Vega talks him down. It seems we have the first of this week's heel turns. Backstage, Santos, leaving the building, tells Kelly, Kathy Kelly that Ray had it coming. Bailey addressed the events of Crown Jewel and calls out the rest of Damage Control. Bailey questions Kyrie's return and addresses their past heat. Kyrie says she forgives Bailey as they all awkwardly hug it out. Bianca Belair interrupts looking for a fight. She's backed up by Charlotte, followed by Asuka, setting up a six-woman tag main event. Dragon Lee defeated Cedric Alexander with a tilt a whirl LA Knight blamed Jimmy Uso for costing him the WWE title at Crown Jewel, but he's interrupted by Grayson Waller. Knight fires plenty of shots at Waller before the two come to blows before their match, and Knight then defeats Grayson Waller with a BFT. Following Owens poking fun at his recent issues with Waller and Theory, the duo come out to confront Kevin Owens and after some taunting, Owens finally took the bait and attacked, knowing he was going to get suspended for breaching the conditions of his commentary role. Backstage, Jimmy Uso accepted LA Knight's challenge for a match next week before receiving a mysterious phone call from Roman Reigns. And in the main event, Six Woman Tag, Asuka betrayed her team when she refused to tag Bianca and then sprayed her with the green mist. The match was thrown out as Damage Control cleaned house and stood tall, now apparently with Asuka. Saturday night is fight night and Moses is on course for collision. Let's all jump on the collision course. Andrade is accompanied to the ring by CJ Perry, much to the dismay of Miro, as he then defeats Daniel Garcia with the figure four. With an assist from Luchasaurus, Nick Wayne gets a defeat over Dalton Castle, and that's just a goddamn shame. Preston Vance, Rouge, and Dralistico defeated the Work Horsemen. The House of Black announced that they are coming for the tag team titles at full gear as Julia addresses Willow and Sky Blue as Lexi interviews Chris Stathlander with Willow. In his in-ring return, Roderick Strong defeats Darius Martin and then immediately returns to his chair. After the match, the Kingdom attack Darius Martin before Action Andrade is too late to make the save. 
TK and Brian Danielson make the announce for the Continental Classic with Brian Danielson being the first entrant. The Continental Classic is basically AEW's version of the G1 Climax Tournament, but rather than it being a point system, it's double elimination. Julia Hart defeated Willow Nightingale to get one step closer to Chris Statlander's TBS title. Lexi Nair questions Ricky Starks and Big Bill about House of Black's challenge. Lexi then informs them that TK has booked them against the House of Black, FTR, and LFI at the upcoming pay-per-view full gear. With Paul White on commentary, Powerhouse Hobbs defeats Titus Alexander, followed by Don Callis, followed by Don Callis shit-talking Chris Jericho before confronting White and then, of course, backing off like the coward he is. Lexi Nair interviews FTR, and they are focused on reclaiming the AEW Tag Team titles. And in the main event, Adam Copeland, Darby Allin, and Sting defeated Lance Archer and the Righteous, and Christian Cage came to the stage and had a full-blown stare-down with his full-gear opponents. Little side note, Jericho also did defeat um, Takeshita at a DDT event. They then, there's a whole tapping out thing. They showed it. It was all over social media. Just saying. Now, it's time for the cap to take one for the team. Good God Almighty, he's going in raw. Cody Rhodes opened the show and vowed that he and Jey Uso would win back the Tag Team Championships tonight. Cody is joined by his War Games partners Jay, Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins and admits they haven't always been all on the same page but they all have a common enemy as the Judgment Day interrupt and try to poke holes in the group. Cody returns a favor before Rollins says enough talking and wants a fight. We end up with a tag team match as Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins face Dominic and JD McDonough but in true WWE fashion it ends in a no contest as the rest of the War Games participants begin brawling as security rushes to the ring. An enraged Adam Pearce bans everyone not involved in the main event from the building. Zoe Stark then confronts Rhea Ripley and they exchange words before Zoe dodges an attack and Rhea backs off. Backstage Shinsuke Nakamura sends a cryptic message to someone. Who are you talking to? Some think it could be CM Punk. We shall see. Also backstage, Cody asks Sami Zayn if he can talk alone to Seth Rollins. Cody then asks Rollins if they can put their differences aside for one night at Survivor Series. Rollins admits he may never like Cody, but he does respect him. Shinsuke Nakamura defeated Otis with three Kinshasas and taunts Chad Gable after the match. Backstage again, McIntyre shakes Seth Rollins' hand and shows him some respect. And in what could be considered an upset, Tegan Knox defeated Piper Niven with a roll-up. With a distraction caused by Johnny Gargano and Giovanni Vinci, Ludwig Kaiser defeated Tommaso Ciampa also with a roll-up. Hey, at least it wasn't a DQ. Tension builds as the Judgment Day argue backstage, but Finn Balor points out they need to officially induct JD McDonough into the group. Zia Lee defeated Indy Hartwell, but after the match, Becky Lynch came looking for payback and tells Lee they have a match next week. Following a confrontation with Gunther backstage, The Miz defeated Ivar, and after the match, Ivar is attacked by Bronson Reed. And in the shocking main event, Drew McIntyre interfered to cost Cody and Jade the tag team championships before shaking hands with Rhea Bloody Ripley. 
Now that we're all up to date, let's head back for last night on Dynamite. All right, let's jump into last night's Dynamite. Gonna say it right off the bat, moderately underwhelming. Uh, John Moxley and Weeder Uter defeat Orange Cassidy and Hook. After the match, Box tells Cassidy he's nothing. And um, it just kind of feels like they're beating us over the head with this feud. We've seen fucking Orange and Mox a lot. A lot. And uh, we're either going to see the it come to an end next on this Saturday, or we're going to be looking for a fucking third. And if we're looking towards a third, I'm already out of it. Just yeah, like. maybe they should have just like kept them doing promos or yeah. something to build up this match. I feel like TK gets this like New Japan feel where he's like, well, you got to have them in tag matches. Yeah, but they don't touch each other in these matches in New Japan. Skivo brings out Swerve and Hangman for a zero tolerance face to face. Nobody could fight or the matches or they're suspended for the rest of the year. Hangman files off some personal shots at Swerve and Prince Nana before jumping on Nana. And Swerve was unable to touch Hangman to stop him and, of course, make the save on his buddy. Which is hilarious because Hangman's like, you know, I can't hit you, but I can hit him and just beat the shit out of him. And it was awesome. Um, the, the cowboy is in a dark, dark place because he tried to mess with his kid. Uh, I'm, I went from being not too sure about this match to looking forward to this match. But I don't know how you go from a Texas death match to a regular match. Yeah, but I mean, th- that promo was fucking fantastic from Hangman. Absolutely. Hangman and the is the shots he was firing at Prince Nana. He goes to buy weed off high school kids after the show. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> he's like, and then he's like, I'm going to kick his ass and take his weed. And I'm just like, of course. We're in Southern California. We've got to talk about weed. God damn it. And then he does his stupid dance. And Nana's just like, huh? Huh? Yep. Oh, my God. Hangman has decided to turn it up a notch. And thank God for it. Backstreet's Roderick Strong tells Adam Vito a video call that he knows that MJF is the devil. Cole blows him off, hangs up on him. Cole is literally in the same room that he got surgery in like three weeks ago. He is yet to leave the goddamn hospital from the looks of it. So I don't know what the fuck is going on, where he's at. Fucking uh, goddamn Brit forgot to pick him up. That's what happened. <laughs> Sky Blue defeated Red Velvet and will join Willow and Chris for a TBS title match at full gear. Sky Blue is on the freaking tear. I have a funny feeling she could randomly win this TBS title. Yeah, I mean, it was obvious it was going to end up being Sky Blue and Willow. I yeah. don't know why we had those qualifier matches, but there you go. I'm about to say, they're not qualifier if they're obvious. Backstage, RJ City begs uh, Luther to introduce uh, Maria May to Tony Storm. Tony then sends her out and tells Luther to get Tony Khan to book her a tune-up match on Rampage. It's funny, this freaking Martha Broad comes in, she's a, I'm a big fan. She's like, I'm not giving autographs, darling. I fucking died. <laughs> oh, I fucking died. This is just, this is great. And then I love how Skiavone, bless his heart, I know he's got to be like the, the good guy and all this. He's just like, this just seems like lazy stuff to me. No, this is fucking gold. This is gold. Oh my goodness. Samoa Joe squash, uh, squashes John Cruz with the Kohina Clutch and extends the offer to team with MGF once again. It's hilarious. Obviously, MGF, or Samoa Joe does the walking away spot, and the guy's like, come on, bro. <laughs> Shit was hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah, yo. Young Bucks uh, defeated Penta and Commander with a sneaky low blow. These were far from sneaky. I just love how you guys put sneaky in there. 
he blatantly kicked them in the balls. These aren't low blows. <laughs> he kicked them in the balls, both of them. And it's just hilarious. Backstage, MJ, or, uh, Kenny Omega confronts them. It's like, this is what we do now. This is what it is. And they go back and forth. We were better as heels. You know, you should remember how, how you got over. Jericho tries to pull Kenny away. Matt starts a scuffle. Now we're building towards this thing. And it's obviously, you know, we're going to go to a head at full gear. It's going to be fun. I, that's all I know for sure. It's going to be fun. The, the guns quite literally squash a couple of nerds in 19 seconds and send a message to MJF. I mean, that's how you do it. This is how you do it. In a video package, Wardlow also sends a clear warning to MJF, and I'm liking the subtle build for him. It's working beautifully. Yeah. In a in a wild, like a dragon street fight, it's fuck fucking weird-ass name, first off. Kenny Omega, Jericho, and Kota Ibushi, um, and a knocked-out Paul White defeated the Don Callis family. This, this freaking street fight was bananas, to say the least. It was absolutely yeah. bananas. Um, it started off weird. It got really rough, and then it just went fucking right off the cliff. Right off the cliff. Big, or I'm going to end up calling it Big Show. Big show ends up choking Kyle Fletcher off the off the stage. Poor kid only hits one of the two tables set up for him, so I know that one had to hurt. Yeah. Then we cut outside, and Hobbs, first off, is struggling to get this 300-something, 400-something-plus-pound Paul White up, slams him on a car, and he comes quite literally just crashing down in, like, the worst way. He doesn't move. Like, he's not moving. Now, I mean, I'm hoping this was just a fantastic sell, but it looked like he broke his neck. I think he just had a hip replacement, too. I, I was going to say, I was like, I swear to God, he just had surgery. So, that doesn't help. And then, of no. course, Kota Ibushi with a nod to DDT and the bicycle spot. For anybody who knows the history, the originality of uh, Kota Ibushi, you'll know that he started a DDT where they do some very wacky things. And one of his more famous spots is him attacking people while riding a bicycle. It's glorious. And the uh, and the tombstone through the tape, oh my whatever God. the hell it was on the chairs, was nuts. This looked like the most unsafe thing I've ever seen, and I was I hurt after the fact. You know, it was just absolutely brutal for no reason. And then they got to turn around and wrestle on Saturday. <laughs> so it's like this was a little. This was. A, a far, uh, a little bit of an overstep. Could have slowed it down. Could have slowed it down. And to close out the show, MJF apologizes to the casualties in his rivalry. Then MJF, or sorry, then Jay White comes out and vows to identify the devil. That's when he uh, tells him that he's bluffing. He says that uh, he believes that he's the devil. You've told the people that all this long that you're the devil. That nobody can outdo everything. You can't outdo the devil or whatever it was. And then he tells him that he's got two words for him. Get him. That's when uh, all of the Bullet Club gold come out and just beat the absolute dog piss out of MJF. SMO Joe just watches the television from backstage. I'm hoping pissed, I'm though. super pissed. Okay, thank you. I'm like I'm hoping we can get something from Joe on Friday because of his you know his reaction, or maybe just maybe on like Saturday they go to ring the bell and his fucking his music hits. Like maybe he's suckered in to doing it and he just doesn't want, he'll probably end up wanting a title shot anyway but he's just like ah, I can't see you get your ass beat I don't know I mean it's gotta be Joe that teams with him eventually either way 
Well, my only other thing is maybe that mystery signing is is somebody to team with MJF. But then that's when mm. we keep going back to who in the fuck? Who in the fuck does he know that's so world-renowned that if he got signed over here, we'd be excited? Who the fuck is he going to team with? Yeah, because I, I hate to say it, but um, the the sparkles are kind of stuck glistening a little bit on Adam Copeland already. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's—I mean, he's been off of TV all of a week, and it just—that's it. That was it. That's all they needed. I mean, obviously, we're going to see him at full gear anyway. Yeah, but uh, his his uh, his sparkle is already sh- is already shining down fast. Yeah, and, and that's not to say he's not enjoyable to watch or no. anything like that. It's just they're not really selling it. Like, when he first came in the first week, it was like Adam Copeland everywhere. Yeah. Pushing the shit out of him. He's doing an interview. He's got a shitball match against Luchasaurus. He's, you know, b- doing a promo about this. He's doing to this. He's doing to that. He was doing. Now a guy can't even get a fucking screen time hanging out in the background. On a show that only had, what, four matches? Yeah. That's, uh, four that's five. a bad move. A bad move. time but i have realized that i've had a challenge set me at promo series by a certain michael larkin <clears throat> now i'm not one to back away from a challenge at all so mr larkin i accept your challenge at promo series and you are going to be terminated This big schnozzola, goblin-looking ass, looking like he just escaped from Halloween Town into the mortal world, and hell, it ain't even Halloween anymore, and this hocus-pocus has cursed us with his very existence. You know, Beer, I respect and I applaud the fact that you have answered my challenge for promo series. But I think that foolish pride is coming in the way of that mush that you call brains. Hey, I'm just speaking fact, not fiction. Your parents are so poor that you got an eviction. So check this out, Oliver Twist. It's like this. You either step up. Or you step off. This that boy with the skills that kills. Replace the S. Put in the Z. Mike Larkin. And I have spoken. And now destiny awaits. Welcome back to the Kappa Mo Show. This is your captain. He is El Jefe. Make sure you are liking and subscribed on YouTube. Follow us everywhere, and for all the information you need, go to maxwrestlingnet.weebly.com. 
Yeah, right. Still to come, another look at Corey's story as Cypher prepares to challenge me next week. But first, let's go back into the depths of time for this week in wrestling history. All right, all right, all right. We got a fair amount of history to get into this week, so let's get a rocking with some of that World Championship Wrestling. November the 10th, 1993, WCW held their 25th Class of the Champions, and this card was as wacky as WCW was in the early 90s. Rick Rude successfully defended his WCW International World Heavyweight Championship against Road Warrior Hawk in an absolute stinker. But I, I had to do some research, and I finally found out what the heck is the difference between his belt and Ric Flair's world title, and simply put, it was defended internationally. It was supposed to be, it was meant to be the top tier title, but it never got the recognition. And fun fact from a man, Chris Reed, Ric Flair was the first and last person to hold this title before it went away in 1994. Now, back to the pay-per-view. Stone Cold Steve Austin and his former tag team partner, excuse me, not Stone Cold Steve Austin, Steve Austin and his former tag team partner, stunning if you will, uh, Brian Pillman went to war, but it was Steve Austin that walked away the victor. Lord Steven Regal successfully defended his television title against Johnny B. Bad, and Ric Flair defended his world title against Vader, and yes, it ended in a disqualification. November the 11th, let's give TNA a little bit of love. TNA Genesis put on a fun show that included a Shop of Horrors match that featured Abyss against Black Rain, aka Dustin Rhodes in the silver and black full body suit being very overweight. Abyss won that. Gail Kim be t- be, uh, defeated excuse me, three other ladies to retain the knockouts title. I know you're not shocked and neither am I. Jay Lethal successfully defended his X-Division title against his now stablemate, Sanjay Dutt. AJ Styles and Tyson Tomko successfully defended their tag team titles against the very old Steiner Brothers. Kaz and Christian Cage went to war in a ladder match, and it was Christian that shockingly lost. I know, in a ladder match, what a shocker. And in the main event, it was a tag title match for the TNA World Championship. Meaning you pin the champ, you become the champ. However, thanks to some interference from Styles and Tomko and a belt shot to Sting, Angle is able to walk away still TNA World Champion. November 13th, 2011. Let's keep this TNA train a-rockin'. Let's go with Turning Point on this one. The show opens up with Robbie Eagles defeating Eric Young for the TNA World, I'm sorry, TNA Television title. Austin Aries successfully defended, uh, successfully defeated, excuse me, Jesse Sorison and Kid Cash to remain TNA X Division champ. Rob Van Dam and CD Christopher Daniels had a no DQ match that Rob Van Dam took as a victor, and Gail Kim beats Scott Velvet Sky. You know the rest. And it was Bobby Roode who was able to hold off the phenomenal AJ Styles to pretend his TNA World Championship. Let's get into another one. Same day, different year. November 23rd, 2000. I'm sorry, November 13th, 2021. With Full Gear coming up this Saturday, let's take a look at one from the past. And I assure you, this pay per view holds up three years later. And I'm sure I'm not alone when I say that this was one of the better AEW pay per views. MJF defeated Darby Allen in the opener. The Lucha Brothers successfully defended their tag team titles against FTR. Miro fell to the American Dragon 
Brian Danielson after a 20-minute banger. Jurassic Express and Christian Cage were able to defeat the Hung Bucks in a five-star rated match. CM Punk had one of his better matches in his AEW run against Eddie Kingston where he took away the victory. But it was the main event that is the most remembering, and it's the crowning of the Cowboy. Hangman Adam Page defeated Kenny by God Omega to win the AEW World Championship in a five-and-a-half-star rated match. And now let's finish it in WWE land. November 16th, 2003. We are on the road to Survivor Series in that WWE land, so let's talk about it and go all the way back to 2003. Two Survivor Series matches in this one. The first one saw the team of Bradshaw, Benoit, Hardcore Holly, John Cena, and Kurt Angle defeat the team of A-Train, a very young Brock Lesnar, Matt Morgan, Nathan Jones, and The Big Show. Pretty much a monster team. Kane defeated Shane McMahon in an ambulance match. It was a stinker. The Bashams defeated Eddie and Chavo Guerrero to retain the tag team titles. This was a feud that went on for way too long. Mr. McMahon defeated The Undertaker in a Buried Alive match. Yeah, you heard that correctly. Taker lost in his own match. The other Survivor Series match we saw was a team of Jericho, Christian, Mark Henry, Randy Orton, and Scott Steiner. Yes, Scott Steiner defeating the team of Booker T, the Dudleys, Rob Van Dam, and Shawn Michaels. And in the main event, it was Goldberg. It was Triple H for the World Heavyweight Championship. Goldberg takes away the victory, but something tells me Hunter lost because he decided to wear some biker shorts instead of trunks. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, that'll do it for this week in wrestling history. Now let's head back to the booth where hopefully none of the boys are rocking biker shorts. And speaking of history, two years ago today, Moses became the first ever Max TV champion winning Ring of Games yeah. 2 at Promo Series 6 pre-launch. I can't believe it's already been two years. It feels longer we've had the TV title. A little bit, um, a little bit. I think that means it's also been like two years since we've done Ring of Games. Aw. <laughs> it now was so much fun. All the good memories. But it was a lot of work. Holy shit, was it a lot of work. <laughs> we'll try and do Ring of Games again soon. Um, all right, so last week, like we said, we got a little bit ahead of ourselves and predicted full gear a week early. So now let's take another look. Um, I think we've had two matches added. Yeah. Um, I'm on the wrong fucking screen. That one. Um, so now we've also got uh a four way did we talk about that one mm-hmm. no oh, four way for the um tag team titles ricky starks oh, and right. big bill versus lfi ftr and kings of the black throne oh my goodness oh my god and you know what before rampage this past week i actually completely forgot that ricky and bill were the tag team champions yep Damn. so I, I like them as a tag team. I, I'm liking Big Bill, which I didn't think I would. But I, well, no, I knew I was gonna like him, but still, I, I I think the tag team titles have lost some relevance. So I put them on fucking Malachi and Brody for me. Same. I was gonna say I was like, it's harder than I am right now. Ever since they lost the trios titles, I keep thinking they're the trios champions, even though we it's obviously the acclaimed. But it's you know the House of Black or the what was it was it, uh. It was the Kings of the Black Throne, which is Brody and and Malachi. Malachi. Which, by the way, what a fucking team. What a fucking team. 
Yeah. It's it's just it's their time. It's their time. FTR's had their moment. They've had their two time run. Um, LFI, I, I feel like they're going to end up getting used a little bit more on Ring of Honor, but mm. we'll see how that goes. They could be going towards the trios titles. That could work a little bit better in their favor. You know what I mean? Maybe they're their team. Maybe they're the team that beat the acclaim. You know, only time will tell. But right now, it's Malachi and Brody King. Yeah, Malachi and Brody King. Come on. Um. And then the other match, of course, we have added is the triple threat for the TBS title. Chris Statlander defending against Julia and Sky Blue. Oh, God. See, Julia, that's the other one, too. It's looking at Julia right now. She's over as a mug. Hasn't lost in a while. Um, Goodness gracious. Was, Was she or was she not supposed to be taking some time off? I think she did take time off. Okay, she took so like she two weeks it. off for a honeymoon. Oh, oh, then what the fuck? I'm over here thinking she was taking like a mental health break. No, she was out partying. I got you, girl. I got you. Then yeah, Crowner, Crowner. I mean, hey. I really like where Willow's going, and maybe that's where this is playing up. We've been noticing, or we have been not Willow. Uh, is it not Willow? I said it's Sky. Guy. No, Sky. I think did Julia beat Willow to qualify. That's right. Thank you. Okay, I got it mixed up. Then darn right. And yeah, um, I just I because I because she's got all I don't want to say all the momentum right now, but Sky Blue has the the dark eyes. She's been winning matches. She's been giving a darker, less exciting side, if you will. She's been more I, I, tame. I guess yeah. is the word I'm I'm not looking for. I really have no idea what, what I'm looking for. But something tells me that she's gonna then side with Julia in this, and you know, have Julia win it. Does it, it it sucks for Chris because you know we wanted her to win the TBS title. She won the TBS title. We were all excited for the, her winning the TBS title. She beats a couple of people, and then we're like, "So what are you gonna do with the TBS title?" And I I know I'm not the only one because it just it happens. It happens. Yeah. I mean, she's been a good champion, but yeah, while she's been champion, not. they've also been building Julia and Sky Blue. Whereas when Jade was TBS champion, she was just killing everybody. They weren't building anyone. They built them up for Jade. You know, that's, and then, no, you hit it perfectly. Once they started build, building Julia, the world took notice. And once the world took notice, this is where she is. You know, I know we all really like Sky Blue, but no, this is. This is Julie Hart's moment, and the House of Black is about to get a lot of gold. See, I was going to go with Sky Blue, but... I mean, because like we said, we, she's been getting this darker and darker personality, and we all thought she was going to uh, turn on... I think it was Willow a couple weeks ago inside with Julia, but then she sprayed Julia with her own mist. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, I think Sky Blue's turning heel... Yeah. Either in the match or after the match. Yeah. And maybe Willow too. Yeah. Like all three of them turn on Chris. But see, that's what I'm saying. Oh. We had talked about we had talked about um uh Julia having this stable, having this woman's stable where she was um, you know, gonna lead these women. And you know, it was we didn't know who it was going to be, and it was going to be. You know, they wanted to add a, a whole layer to the House of Black. You have it now. 
You have yeah. two other very popular ladies that are over that can work that can do the blah blah blah. And now is the time. Now is the perfect time. This way, at the same time, for those diehard Statlander fans, when she gets screwed out of the belt, you're not as mad. She got screwed. What do you want? She got screwed. It's the wrestling business. There's no more wrestling yeah. for Jimmy King. Sorry, I had to do it. <laughs> um, it's all circus with dancing clowns. A little bit of soap opera thrown in. Boy, I'm gonna go with Julia too. It's it's um, hard not to. The momentum is there. The momentum is there. Yeah, and I swore blind she was gonna win the TBS title last time. Now she's got the suspected turn of uh, Sky and maybe Willow too on her side. So, right, there could be some shenanigans here. Shenanigans. Um. So. I don't think there's anything else that I want to change from last week. I I do admit, though, I'm having doubts about Hangman and Swerve. We both went for Swerve last week, but uh, Hangman cut a great promo, which almost won me over, and then I realized Swerve didn't say shit. And that's the best part. He didn't have to. Because that's the whole, that's the whole emphasis. We're still leaning towards Swerve. He didn't say a word. He doesn't have to say a word. That was that moment was for Hangman. That moment was to say, guess what? I'm still Hangman Adam Page. I can still cut the promos you guys like. So when I lose on Saturday, you can't get pissed off. Because it, it, this is Swerve's time. This is the time you build him. This is an AEW guy getting built. Remember when we all were clamoring for Hangman to win it all? Yeah. Now it's Swerve's time. It's Swerve's moment. It's Swerve's house. And that's the whole point. That's the emphasis. Build it. Build it from Hangman. Go on up. Beat fucking Kenny. Beat Jericho. Beat fucking Mox. I don't give a fuck. But Swerve needs to be the next guy up. Whether it is against Jay White or against MJF. Or like you say, if they're going to do three matches, because this would be one apiece. But if they were going to do that, then Swerve should have won the first one and Hangman wins a death match because... It kind of makes less sense yeah. otherwise. But there you go. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything else I want to change. MGF and Joe definitely retaining. MGF. Well, actually, that's the only one we disagreed on. Uh, I picked MGF to keep the title. You picked Jay White. Uh, Tony Storm definitely winning the women's world title. We say that. And then if she's not going to win it, we're going to look stupid. But there you go. It seems obvious she's going to win it. Uh, well, I and I'm, mean, I'm going to I'm actually going to switch to to MJF as well because the reality is is we had said or or MJ or sorry Joe had said the only way he would team with him is if he got a shot at the belt. So yeah. that tells me that heaven forbid. The Bang Bang Gang get involved, and I think they will. You've got the backing of fucking Samoa Joe. And if he's going to go out there and clear house to ensure you win the belt, fuck, he might lose the belt to Samoa Joe. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just, I'm, as much as I want to crown Jay White because I kept talking about how hot Bullet Club Gold is right now and how, again, momentum, momentum, momentum. You can't finish a storyline with him and Joe if you 
and I mean, get the belt off him. I swear there was a storyline at one point in WWF where uh, I think Hunter had lost the Intercontinental Championship and Bret Hart on a Raw on a Monday Night Raw, and Bret Hart chewed his ass like, "How the hell are you supposed to defend that belt against me on the pay per view if you just lost it?" Um, and I'm not budging on Orange Cassidy either. No, I'm I'm with you. I think they're going to go for a third. I think they're going to go for a third, and I think we're going to get it as early as Worlds End. And uh, it, maybe it's like a, um, an Iron Man match or a last man stand, probably a last man standing match. Ooh, damn. Yeah. going to get fully squeezed. Then we got Team Sting versus Team Christian. And Golden Jets versus the Bucks. I don't. Here's my problem with 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 the Bucks. As much as I want to be like, yeah, it's there in L.A. Give the Bucks the dub. Blah 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 blah. It's for a heel. It, they're trying to go heel. And if they do that, then it's gonna have to be some kind of full blown chicanery where fucking even Kenny turns. And I don't think Kenny's turning. So unless all of a sudden something happens on Friday where Kenny is given this, you know, fuck Jericho mentality, which, again, it's coming out of fucking nowhere if it does. Yeah. He's yeah, been very supportive be of Jericho. Yeah, a little, maybe a little too. But, but yeah, no, it's, it, it, it'll be them. But I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope this pay-per-view is as good as being advertised. Because right now, this is looking like it could turn out to be one of the better cards AEW has had. And AEW has had really good full gears. Yeah. So. No, this is looking like a banger. Yeah. Let's hope it stays that way. And they are—they already pretty much confirmed on Dynamite last night. It's going to be three and a half hours. I figured as much. It's a Saturday. That's fine. You go as long <laughs> as you want. It's a Saturday. All right. Maybe not for so, you, but. Uh, Saturday-ish. I mean, I'm not working until Sunday night. Eh. Uh, so, as we get closer to promo series, Cypher is set to challenge Moses for the world title next week. So, let's take another look at Corey's story and how we got from promo series last year to promo series this year. Ever since I signed, things have been looking pretty good for me. Like, I've been out here living my best life. They showed me another a stronger way. When Corey betrayed the jury and formed the MDO with Travis and Moses, obviously it hurt, but I get it. Whether they've been allies or enemies, Corey and Travis have always had this special bond. Corey, I was the one that brought you into Max Wrestling. You're still Uncle Corey to my kids. He didn't betray the jury because he got some kind of better deal or because he had some kind of beef with any of us. He he did it for Travis. I've been busting my ass for years trying to get gold and I still haven't gotten gold yet. I think the turning point was Moses bringing in Teddy. That's when Corey realized that Moses wasn't about the MDO. Moses was about Moses and how he could acquire the world championship for himself. Yeah. I got you. Am I coming in clear, Corey? I understand, Hefe. Sorry, Travis. 
don't get me wrong. I considered talking to you to recruiting him. But look at what happened at the Rumble. He cost me the world title. If he never interfered, I would still be champion right now. It's not about Teddy. Reality is, is Corey, you lost the television title. And I could not capture the knowledge championship. If it was all left to Trav and he, like the rest of us, could not succeed. And he lost the world title. I joined the MDO to be built into world champion material. I want. No, no, no. I need to be world champion. But I don't think I can bring myself to betray Hefe just to be world champion. I'm boss, remember? Yo soy el Hefe, the leader of the MDO. You work for me. Remember this. Do I make myself clear for the last time? You know what, Hefe? You're making my decision for me. Teddy P attacked Phoenix and cast a walk with a world title on Moses' orders. Chris Reed attacked Cypher on Moses' orders. <laughs> I'm coming after Chris and then I'm going after LFA. I love Cypher. I have love for Cypher. But he's got more love for that guy that went away. And I love him for going away. But that's... That's not what the MDO is about. The MDO is about the boys right here, right now. He's already proven twice that he can't be trusted. I mean, he used you to screw Trav. He used Chris to screw me over. Cypher, you're an MDO OG. Like, what are you doing? He's not my El Jefe anymore. You weren't strong enough for the MDO. But I am, so I took your place. <laughs> took my place? Kid, you don't even know your own place yet. El Jefe is poisoning you. Like he poisoned me, like he poisoned the wall. MDO is just for his own self-gain. But now, you got a real problem. You did this. This is your duty. And now, it's game over. You didn't just stab me in the back at TakeOver. You woke me up. This is Corey's moment. I hate to tell you, buddy, but it's night-night time on your title rank. The reality of the matter is, it's I and your world champion. I want to see you in promo series. The story comes to an end next week, but will it be a fairy tale ending, or will El Jefe continue to reign? Promo Series 8 Chaos Fury comes your way next week, and it is, of course, headlined by Cypher versus Moses Marquez for the Max World Championship. Not to mention the, the, the Knowledge Championship is also on the line in a traditional winner stays on gauntlet. As the champion, Daniel Crimmins defends against Ted P. De Niro, and the winner will immediately defend the title against the captain. For the first time ever, Mike Larkin and Beer will face off in a promo exhibition, and it is time first time they will even cross paths since they were both guests on Mike Larkin's first episode back in 2016. And if that is not enough for you, DC and I defend our Max Wrestling Tag Team Champions in, in, in duos trivia tournament 
I'm sorry, Dudio's Trivia Action against the winners of the Blind Tag Team Trivia Tournament, The Cap and Cypher. Promo Series is one of those events that you don't realize how big it is until it goes down. It's been home to many historical moments in Max Wrestling, including the birth of the promo and the TV championships. It was Mike Larkin's first event. It was actually technically your first event, too. Um, the microphone standoff in 2020. It was the battle at World's End last year. So don't miss a single minute of action next week, November 25th. Survivor Series predictions are included. Go to maxdressingnet.weebly.com slash promo series 8 for more information. All information, yo. And now for this week's Geek of the Week. Oh my god. Pencil neck geek, gritty freak, scum sucking beard with a lousy proceed. He's a one man, no gut, losing streak. Nothing but a pencil neck geek. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Um, this one, like, it dropped. Fuck. Well, I think it had dropped earlier yesterday or something like that. But I, it came across my feed last night as I was finishing up doing all the the fun history stuff. And I don't. I just. I. Jim Cornette gets under a lot of people's skin. I'm going to start with that. He gets under a lot of people's <laughs> skin um, and says some things that some maybe you shouldn't take super personally and end up doing. And, and that just so happened to my man, AJ Francis, formerly top dollar. He ends up getting a, into a, like a little heated thing. He goes on his Twitter and he pretty much just says that, um, he says, it says a sixty-year-old, a sixty-year-old documented racist called me a uh, called me fat, a whale, a manatee, worthless on his show for like a year straight, and nobody batted an eye. Uh, so he uh, he went on Twitter and says he, if I ever see Jim Cornette, I'm gonna take care of him. And I'm just thinking to myself, like Jim Cornette, and I was just talking about this with Harold last night in the TSK chat while we were watching Dynamite. Jim Cornette, as much as he states a lot of truth, there's a shtick behind what he does. Okay, there is a gimmick behind what he does. And that gimmick is meant to get completely and totally underneath your fucking skin, whether you like it or not. It is for his goddamn amusement. And some people, again, take it completely the wrong or completely right up the butt, I should say. And sure enough, that's what my man AJ Francis did. You can't go on Twitter threatening to take care of somebody like your fucking Tony Soprano. I get it, dude. Like, he called you fat and slow. I called you fat and slow when you played for the Patriots. Are you going to take care of me? Like, you, you're a public figure, bro, on the fucking interwebs. This guy get, has bashed people on the, that same interwebs for as far back as the early 2000s, baby, in the days of the WWW everything, where you got a WWW that thing on there, or the website didn't go. <laughs> AJ, bro, like, you took it way up the butt, honey. For, for Because of that, this week, and only for this week, you are Geek of the Week. Uh, if we were back on the football, I'd tell your ass to get on the line and hit them wind sprints. Because good God almighty, that was some stupid shit. 
Fucking hell. <laughs> you say wind sprints, I instantly think of Gridiron Gang. Yep. As you should. <laughs> y'all out here doing wind sprints? Fuck y'all. Yep. Well, guess what? <laughs> hey, check your tracks online. We're doing them. Oh, man. Oh, um, one of The Rock's most underrated films. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Go check it out, Gridiron Gang. Um, and now for the MVP of the week. I pick one. Um, I mean, we should touch on the triple heel turns we got from WWE this past week on SmackDown, yeah. beginning with Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio, which we all saw coming. Yeah. Um, but the other two, I don't think we really saw coming. Oscar turning on uh, her team. No. Joining Damage Control. Like out of nowhere. That um, one was a that one was a clever turn, by the way. That was clear. Yeah. So good job. And then on Raw, I mean, they, they've been teasing it, but Drew McIntyre, like, actually turning and then yeah, either joining Judgment Day or in league with the Judgment Day is just out of left field as well. Um, out of left field. However, none of them are the group MVP this week. Um, <laughs> based purely on a promo, um, because it really got me hyped up for the match, I'm going to give it to Hangman. Yeah! Because, like I said, that promo was fire last night. No, it absolutely was. And then again, like like how you had said, it, it we had a, a time in this whole thing where this match felt like one of the more stale ones of them all. Yeah. Or yeah. the one where we were like, why are we doing this again? Yeah, exactly. What we were questioning, why is this happening again? And then now, especially after Swerve's home invasion and this promo, we're like, I don't give a shit. Fight. Yeah, beat each other up. Um, but you know what? If it, if it hadn't been for that promo last night, the MVP probably would have been Drew or Oscar. Um, maybe not Santos because again, we saw it coming. It was a oh, good yeah. heel turn, though. Yeah, but again, mile away. Um, and it seems like it was actually done to write Rey Mysterio off because he just had knee surgery. Good for him. He's old. He needs multiple knee surgeries. He's fucking old fuck. Poor Rey Mysterio, though. Everybody turns heel on Rey Mysterio. Every, I mean, it's been happening since the early 2000s. Yeah. Poor I, bastard. I, I still think Batista's the most heartbreaking one, though. Oh. Broke my heart. Still breaks my heart. Uh, well, there you go. Um, thank you for joining us. I hope we rocked you harder than a triple heel turn. Before we go anywhere, here's what Moses has for you, Pencil Neck Geeks, this week on the A to B of Retro Rewind. Oh my goodness gracious. There's a whole lot. There's going to be a whole lot dropping this week. Uh, I, I don't know how I'm going to contain myself. But um, the the reality is, is I sat down, I got stuck in front of my computer, and I went crazy with the ideas of shows. So I have not one, not two, but three episodes of an American Talking Tottenham dropping. I've got not one, not two, but three episodes of bolt rant dropping and because the boys are getting itchy the boys are getting scratchy and they need to get on here and talk some stuff there might be more than one episode but, but for sure 
There will be a review dropping Sunday of, or if not Monday, of the review of Full Gear and likely another one talking just the overall state of AEW. And where are they going to go into the new year with a lot of contracts coming up? How are they going to be able to maintain the quote-unquote star power while keeping everybody else's attention? There's going to be a whole hell of a lot happening. So uh, if you get a lot of floods from the Max Wrestling Wrestling from the Max Wrestling YouTube page, you're welcome. Join the party and um, make sure you're sharing it all. And of course, the the best way to do that and the only way to keep track is to follow us all on the socials right here. Follow us on the Evil Twitter Machine, the X Machine for you crazy freaks out there at Max Wrestling UK at the Captain Five One Two and at SMR Podnet. Of course, check out the beautifully done website where you can get all of this stuff and more. MaxWrestlingNet.Weebly.com And don't forget to hit the subscribe button Follow button right here Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok And of course here YouTube.com forward slash Max Wrestling Where every week we are garnering more subs More views But we're still on our way to a thousand And we need your help So with everything dropping Share it to your friends And get us out there Yeah and uh, and speaking of new episodes I'm going to try and get some very very Old dormant open road episodes up because I need to free up some space on this damn thing. That's what it is. There's there's like two hours of footage that I need to delete, and I can't delete it until <laughs> I turn it into an episode. Right. So the- hopefully some more open road coming soon, just so that I can clear the fucking thing. Um, yeah. Because it's like almost two years old now. It's a year and a half old now. The mm-hmm. the episodes that we shot. So. Oh God. <laughs> the good old days. Um, with that said, join us next week for promo series eight. Chaos will reign. Do not miss it. I'm sure it's going to be one of our absolute best episodes of the year. Once again, we got knowledge title on the line DC versus Teddy P, and the winner faces me. We got Mike Larkin versus Beer. We got the tag team titles on the line, and of course, we got Cypher versus Moses for the world title. Don't miss it next week. You've been watching the Cap and Mo. Goodbye. Mwah. And good night. What I think is, Corey, is your story's ending. Mine's still going. Oh, chills. The leader of the MDO. El Jefe is poisoning you. Like he poisoned me, 
Like he poisoned the water. NBL is just for his own self game. Now, I'm not one to back away from a challenge. At all. So, Mr. Larkin, I accept your challenge at Promo Series, and you are going to be This big schnazola, goblin-looking ass, looking like he just escaped from Halloween Town into the mortal world. Get caught, Moses. I hate to tell you, buddy, but it's night-night time on your title range. 